Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and his presentation recorded at the Catholic Men's Fellowship of Northeast Ohio Annual Conference in March 2014. And now, here is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Oh, the devil tried to keep me away from you today. But thanks be to God, and thanks be to John Schneider for driving three hours one way to pick me up from Detroit to bring me here to be with you. I am here to help you and celebrate with you today as we all answer the call. We are answering the call like those great men of God who came before us answered the call. The great men of God like St. Peter. In Luke chapter 5, as Jesus was making his way to the shore, it tells us, while the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. So Jesus is making his way to the shore and people are pressing upon him. Why? Because they were all longing and yearning for a personal encounter with the Lord. And that's why we're here to answer his call today. We are seeking to go deeper in our faith with our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how far we seem to be away from him. Some of you today, men of God, may be mired in sin. Some of you today may be enslaved in sin. But I want you to remember from my favorite parable, the prodigal son. (laughs) When the son was humble enough to admit that he was far away from God, when he finally had the courage to make that turn toward back the father, it's my favorite part. It says, while he was still a long way off, the father caught sight of him and ran to meet him. Some of us may feel because where we are in our relationship with God, we feel we're so far away from God that we're afraid to make the turn back toward him. But brothers, all we must do is make the effort. All we have to do is have the courage to just turn back. That's what metanoia, that's what this season of of Lent is about. Conversion, the word metanoia literally means turn back toward So once we turn back toward the Lord and just have the courage to take that step, the Lord, even though we feel we're a long way off from where we should be as a man of God, even though we're a long way off from where we feel we need to be in relationship with God, the Holy Father will see us, he will encourage us, he will acknowledge us, and with his grace and his mercy, he will come to meet us. In order... To be ready for that conversion, we must listen to the voice of God. In Latin, the word is obedire. That's where we get the word obedient from. The word means to listen. And what we want to do here today as we answer the call, we got to hear the call first before we can answer it. And the way we hear the call is to listen. Not listen with the ears on the side of our head, but listen with what St. Benedict called the autumn cordis. The ear of the heart. See, for the Jewish people, the heart was the place 
where the will of God resides in you. It's the seat of the will. It's where your desire for God lives in you, in your heart. That's where God speaks to us. And when we listen to that voice, when we allow that voice to change our lives, then we can be free to be the men who God created us to be. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night long and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Do we trust God or ourselves? God doesn't want our mediocrity. God wants our best. So he will demand great things from us. So often, I travel 150,000 miles a year. And so many times when I, so I'm greeting people after Mass, you know, I'm, I greet all the families, they're beautiful, but sometimes there's families there, the wife and the kids, no dad. So I just, just throw out there, hey, where, where's dad today? And I expect to hear, oh, oh, he has the flu. He's really sick. He's home in bed. Or Deacon, he's a physician. He's on rounds right now in the hospital. Or Deacon, he's a police officer. He's on patrol right now. But instead I hear, Deacon, he's a good person. Really, I mean, if you met him, oh, you would really like him. He's such a good provider for our family. He's so good with the kids. Uh, he would give you the shirt off his back. But he just doesn't see the point in going to Mass every week. And he says he can worship God any way that he wants. Hmm. So I tell her, well, when you get back home, tell your husband something from Deacon Harold. Tell him that there are no good people in heaven. There's not one good person in heaven. The only people in heaven are who? Saints. And we are all called to be saints. To be perfect Jesus says, as the Heavenly Father is perfect. Which means what? We must be the men that God created and calls each one of us to be. We try to find answers to the difficult questions in life. Where do we look? Deepak Chopra. Tony Robbins. TED Talks. All those things may be wonderful. But none of them will get you to heaven. The answer to the deepest questions in your hearts, the answers to the most serious questions in life are in that monstrance. That's where you will find truth. That's where you will find life. When we obey the Lord in faith, we drop the nets of our lives into the dark and murky waters of this world and trust even in the Lord, even during those times when the world doesn't make sense and not trust in ourselves. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great shoal of fish. And as their nets were breaking, they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. <laughs> when we trust in the Lord with our gift of vulnerability. Huh? Because Jesus on the cross was completely vulnerable. 
And what does St. Paul say? My strength is made perfect. My power is made perfect. The Lord says to him, in weakness. That doesn't mean I'm a weak, wimpy man. Ooh, I'm a weak, wimpy No, the word that Paul uses in Greek for my power is made perfect in weakness is the word that they use for a support column, a column that holds up a building, a support column with a crack in it. That's the word for weakness. Why? Because, yes, we think we're strong, but, if, but it's got that crack in it. It's Christ that has to fill us. It's Christ that completes us. It's Christ that perfects us. That's why Paul says, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And he will give us more than we could ever ask for. Don't believe me? Open up your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 3. Now this is after the great King David has died. He's passed on the kinghood to his son Solomon. Solomon's but a teenager. And so the Lord calls him, I'll give you whatever you want. And Solomon, who's known to be the wisest king in all of Israel, says what? Thou hast made thy servant king in place of David my father. This is 1 Kings chapter 3, starting at verse 7. But I am a little child. I do not know when to go in or come out. Then he says in verse 9, Give thy servant therefore an understanding mind, or wisdom, to govern thy people, that I may discern between good and evil. He does not ask for money. He does not ask for wealth. He does not ask for power. He asks the Lord to lead and to guide his heart by giving him wisdom so he may know how to use the authority that was given to him by God. All of us men are called to be spiritual fathers. Whether you are a physical father, whether you're a priest, whether you're single, we're all called to be spiritual fathers. God has allowed us to borrow his sacred name, Father, for the brief time that we're here on this earth. Now, I don't know about you, I ain't afraid of nothing in this world. Nothing. I'm afraid of one thing. When I die and stand before God to account for my life and the gift of the fatherhood that he's given to me, reaching into my pocket and handing him one talent. That's what I'm afraid of. Not Solomon. Solomon says, give me wisdom. Fill me, Lord. I cannot do this without you. What does the Lord say to him? And God said to him, because you have asked this, verse 10, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. And I give you also what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. <laughs> when we trust in the Lord, when we share that gift of vulnerability, when our power, when God's power is made perfect through weakness, the weakness is us realizing that we need Christ every second of every minute of our lives. He will give us more than we can ever ask for and can imagine. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Henceforth you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Sin enslaves us. The love of Christ frees us. God loves us unconditionally. And he trusts us with the responsibility of evangelization, of spreading the truth of the faith in love. The Lord also says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Mm-hmm. I fly a lot, as I said. I wear underneath this, you'll see it once I take this thing off. You'll see when, I, when you see me walking around later. I have a deacon crucifix that I wear around my neck whenever I travel because often permanent deacons don't wear clerics when we travel. I was on the plane patiently waiting to get to my seat. A woman was putting her luggage up in the bin. She turns and looks at me, looks at my crucifix, and she says, that offends me. I said, what? She said, that, pointing to my crucifix. I said, this? She said, yes. I said, well, then don't look. (laughs) What are we willing to sacrifice to follow Jesus? You know, people call me names all the time. You're intolerant. You don't appreciate diversity. You're closed-minded. You're bigoted. You're too conservative. You're too Catholic. And when people say that to me, sticks and stones, baby. Sticks and stones. Because if my Lord can be beat half to death by scourging, if my Lord can carry the instrument of his own death up a hill, if my Lord can then die on that cross for three hours for my sins, and I can't take, I'm afraid to evangelize, I'm afraid to speak the truth about Jesus because I'm afraid what people think of me, I don't deserve to be called a Catholic. So if we want to understand what it means to be in personal relationship with Jesus, to listen to God's voice and allow that voice to change our lives, to open our hearts deeply to his will, then we have to understand who God created us to be. We don't have to go very far. Open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, which is on page 2 of the Bible. Verse 7 says, the Lord formed man of dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. So here we see the Lord God formed man and the word is Adam in Hebrew, which is actually a play on the word Adama. Adama means dirt or soil. So Adam comes from, he made man of dust of the ground. So Adam comes from the word Adama for dust or soil. Adam does not mean male. Adam has the sense of the fullness of humanity. Although here, in the second creation story, he's depicted as male. Here's the key. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Which means what? 
We have the breath of God's Holy Spirit. We have the breath of God's divine life flowing in us and through us right now. Do we live our lives as if that even matters? Do we even care? And the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden, it says, to till and to keep it. Isn't that swell? He's the gardener. I don't think so. He took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till and to keep. To till, the word is abad in Hebrew. It's a, that means a work that's in the form of a service. And to keep is shamar which literally means protect and defend. What is God doing? He's giving man his mission. He's giving man his clarion call. You are to serve, protect, and defend everything I am entrusting to you. That's your job. That's your mission. That's your call. That's who you are. Serve, protect, and defend everything I am entrusting to you. God made things real simple back in the day. No Ten Commandments. Only one. And the Lord, it says, commanded the man. That's called an apodictic command. God commands three ways in scripture. One is this one, a very direct command. You shall, you must. And that's what he says to the man. You may eat freely of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. That's, I'm reading through verse 15 through uh, 17. Did they eat it? So he, what's, the, what's the deal with the tree? <laughs> one that, like, why is the tree even there? Two reasons. First of all, remember, God put him as steward over all his creation. And sometimes when we're put in charge of stuff, we can get a little, get a little arrogant. <laughs> we forget, oh, I'm the boss. I get to call the shots. I'm the, but that tree is a reminder to man that, oh, yes, you are in charge, but I'm God and you're not. So that tree is there to remind the man that he is to fear God. And the word is Yahweh, which means honor, reverence, and respect. Honor, reverence, and respect the authority of God represented by the tree. Second, is not just any tree. It's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, there's two words for knowledge. One is da'ath, which means factual knowledge. Two plus two is four. The earth goes around the sun. But the word that's used here is yada. Yada means knowledge that's gained by experience. You have to experience something in order to know it. So, for example, I remember, uh, as was mentioned, I have four kids, including a set of twins. And I remember when the twins were about four years old, they wanted to help daddy cook dinner one night. So they pushed their little stools up on either side of me. And Sophia pushed her stool up by the prep table, by the cutting board. And Benjamin, my son pushed his stool up near the fire. He wanted to be near the heat, near the stove. So he climbed up there and said, okay, Benjamin, the stove is hot, son. Watch daddy, see? Ooh, ooh, I see, ooh, 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 hot, don't touch. Hot, buddy, don't touch it, okay? Watch that, ooh, hot, okay? Okay, gotcha. So I turn around to help Sophia scoop some flour, and I look back, what's Benjamin doing? His hand going toward the stove. So I whip around and grab his hand and pull it back. Now, he didn't touch anything, but he got close enough where he felt the heat and his hand hurt, ow! See, I tried to tell you, man, the stove is hot. Because sometimes as guys, we're a little slow. And sometimes we have to experience things in order to know them. Now, was the tree itself evil? 
No, because everything God creates is good. But God did not want man to yada. He did not want him to experience evil. Where would the experience of evil come from? When man used his free will, because didn't God say you can freely choose, right? Eat, eat any tree. When he used his free will to say no to God. To say no to God's invitation to love and to life. And that's represented by eating the fruit from the tree. That's where the experience of evil will come from. When he said he used his free will to say no to God's invitation to love and life. Because that's what God wants from each and every one of us, men. Covenant relationship. But we live in a world that says relationships are contractual. Friends with benefits. Hit it and quit it. And all the garbage language that we use to describe relationships in this culture. When God wants to establish a relationship with us, he does not establish a contract. He establishes a covenant. A contract is an exchange of goods. This is yours and this is mine. A covenant is an exchange of persons. I am yours and you are mine. It's making a complete and total gift of yourself to someone and that someone makes a complete and total gift of themselves back to you in love that is free and faithful and total and fruitful. It is a love that gives everything. It is a love that holds nothing back because Jesus held nothing back of his love for us from the cross. He gave everything. That's why at the Last Supper our Lord said, this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal contract? Covenant. Jesus chose his words very carefully. So we're free to say yes, but we're also free to say no. Now, God knows what he's doing. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but it says in verse 18, Then God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Why? He's got it pretty good in his man cave. You know, Garden of Eden, man cave, chilling by himself. What's, what's wrong with him being alone? Here's the thing. Remember in Genesis chapter 1, it says we are made in God's image and likeness. Does not God exist as a family, as a communion of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? So man, the man by himself makes no sense. What does he know in this state of original solitude? He knows that he's self-aware and he's conscious. He can know himself. He can also know God. But he has nobody to share it with. So what does God do? It says, it's not good for man to be alone. I should make a helper fit for him. Now the word there does not mean made. Does not mean someone who picks up my beer cans and my underwear. That's not, the word is actually, uh, in, in Hebrew, azer konegdo, it's a compound word. It means helpmate. Literally, azer konegdo means someone who stands opposite or parallel to you, who helps, aids, assists, and defends, especially in battle. So God creates a battle partner for him. And what is the battle going to be against? Sin and death. And we'll talk about that in the second talk today. Now that's who God created us to be. 
free to love, free to be in covenant relationship, free to enter into intimate, personal, loving, and life-giving communion with him, willing to sacrifice everything for our faith, for our family, for our church, and for this culture. Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Crucified his passions and desires. I know many of you are probably hooked on porn. Don't lie. Now, just because I'm Deacon Harold Burke Sivers doesn't mean I am not tempted as any man is. Because women are the most beautiful creatures that God has ever created. But God did not intend them to be used as objects for pleasure and gratification. So what do I do? I fight! I travel with my laptop. But I also travel, when I open up that laptop, I got my de desktop cross that I put right in front of that laptop. I got the uh, divine mercy, the rays of light coming from the heart of Jesus. I got the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I got pictures of my family. I take those all around the computer screen. And before I turn on that computer, our Father, three Hail Marys, glory be to the Father. Then I turn the computer on. I want to get myself in the right state of mind when I'm on that computer. Then if I do want to, if I'm working, if I do want to watch something, I watch one of two things. Savior.org. Savior.org. 24-hour Eucharistic adoration online. So I minimize the screen. I put it up in the corner, and I'm working, and there's Jesus looking right at me. That's the kind of image that I want to adore. Or EWTN. I don't watch myself, but I do watch some of the programs. I watch it on my computer screen. You know, so I watch that, and I'm working, I'm researching, I'm doing that. I'm there. Huh? I got to fight just like everybody else, men of God. Paul also says later on in, in Galatians, I've been crucified with Christ, as I said. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Due to time constraints, today's talk will be continued next week at the same time. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For an audio archive of this program, go to livingbreadradio.com and click on the programming menu. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.